Lekotei Sicha is Chelek Tesvav, Parshas Miketz, Sicha Aleph. This week's learning is Le'ilei Nishmas HaKadosh HaBochor HaTomim, in memory of Elio David K, who was murdered near the Kaisel HaMaravi earlier this week, Al-Kiddush Hashem. Parshas Miketz begins with Pari's dreams of the seven robust cows rising up from the Nile and pasturing in the marshland, followed by seven ugly emaciated cows rising up from the Nile, coming to stand beside the robust cows. Pari wakes up after his dream ends with the lean cows devouring the robust ones. He falls asleep again, and this time he dreams of seven ears of grain growing on a single healthy stalk, and then seven unhealthy ears of grain, made thin by a relentless wind from the east, growing on that same stalk and consuming the seven healthy, fruitful ears of grain. And again Pare awakens, but this time he is troubled by his dreams. And so in the morning, when he cannot shake the dreams, he calls for his Khartoumi Mitzrayim, the Egyptian sorcerers, and for his ministers, and tells them his dreams. None of them succeed in interpreting the dream satisfactorily, and it's then that Pari Sarhamashkim, his chief cupbearer, brings up Yosef, who had in prison helped him, and the Sarhatabachim, the chief slaughterer, to understand their dreams correctly. The inability of these Egyptian sorcerers to accurately interpret Pari's dreams is surprising on several accounts, which are discussed at length in Mepharshim in Torah commentaries. Yosef's interpretation that seven robust cows and seven robust ears of wheat represent seven years of plenty for the land, and that seven thin cows and seven wind-blown weak ears of wheat represent seven years of famine for the land is a fairly simple and uncomplicated interpretation which can be easily extrapolated and understood from the actual dreams. Robust cows are a result of a good crop yield and healthy grain, demonstrating a time of abundance and plenty, and certainly that time of seven robust and healthy ears of corn on a stalk. And the opposite, too, is true. Seven thin, ugly cows and seven ears of grain made poor by an eastern wind are sure signs of a time of hunger. The same can be said of the other details in the dreams. Pari observed the cows rising up from the Nile, the only source of irrigation for the land's produce and crops. The emergence of robust animals from the Nile and the appearance of healthy ears of grain are self-understood as a time of abundant crops and produce in Egypt to be followed by years of hunger. As he saw seven cows, both robust and emaciated, seven ears of grain, both healthy and thin, it's obvious that the seven is indicative of seven cycles of a wheat crop, in other words, seven years. If it's also obvious and blatantly clear, why didn't the sorcerers of Egypt divine the seemingly clear interpretation, instead offering useless interpretations which Pari rejected? And what was it about Yosef's interpretation that so drew Pari into a state of wonder that he was moved to make Yosef viceroy of Egypt? The Torah tells us that Pari had Yosef brought out of captivity, cleaned up, and brought before him.
He asked Yosef to interpret his dreams, describing them in detail to Yosef. Yosef then interprets the dreams, telling Pari that the two dreams have one meaning, and that God is showing Pari what he will do with the land. When Yosef concludes the interpretation of the dream, he advises Pari, saying, And so now, as though the continuation of the dream interpretation is the advice Yosef now gives, let Pari seek out an understanding and wise man and appoint him to oversee the land of Egypt. At first glance, we really wonder where does Yosef come off advising the king? He was asked to interpret not to advise. And while some Mepharshim suggest that Yosef continued with advice to show Pare that Hashem did not send him the information just to concern him, but actually to guide him through these years, the fact that Yosef does not actually say this makes this answer less than satisfactory. Something else in these verses is troubling. When Yosef interprets a dream that so distressed Pare and caused him to feel so dispirited when none of his court could interpret it correctly for him, the Torah tells us that after Yosef interpreted the dreams and advised Pare, the Pasuk says, vadover, the matter pleased Pare. But the Torah makes no allusion to Pare having being grateful for the interpretation, the lack of which had him so distressed. What's more puzzling is that these issues, the seeming simplicity of the interpretation and the sorcerer's inability to interpret, Yosef giving advice to the king beyond the interpretation, and the Torah making no mention of Pari's satisfaction with the interpretation itself, are all questions that come up in the flow of the pshat, the literal words and story in Torah. Why then doesn't Rashi, who is the primary source of explanation on the literal intention in the verses and offers explanation on every difficulty in Pshat, not explain these issues? Since Rashi doesn't address these things, we have to presume that these are self-understood in the literal words of the verses, or it is somehow alluded to in Rashi's explanations. We can begin to unpack the explanation by looking at how Rashi explains the words that none of Pare's necromancers had an interpretation for Pare. Rashi says, They did offer interpretations, but not for Pare. Pare was dissatisfied with their interpretations, for they said things like, You'll bear seven daughters and bury seven daughters. Technically speaking, why does Rashi need to tell us what the interpretation was that the sorcerers gave? Rashi could have sufficed with telling us that they gave no interpretation in the verse means that their interpretation brought Pare no satisfaction and didn't reach his ears. Also, the source for the explanation Rashi gives that the necromancer suggested that seven daughters would be born and seven buried is in fact a medrash. But the medrash actually says that this interpretation was on the part of the dream about the seven robust cows and the seven emaciated cows, after which the medrash says that they then interpreted the good ears of grain to portend that Pari would conquer seven nations and the emaciated ears to portend seven kingdoms rebelling against Pari. Why does Rashi change this and say that the sorcerers offered only one explanation for both dreams? Particularly as Pari's two dreams speak to two ideas, which is why Yosef references the second dream and says, Ve'al hashan, uh, and the fact your dream repeats itself 
And it, it means, Yosef explains, that Hashem is bringing this event very soon. Wouldn't the necromancers also have interpreted a dual interpretation? This can be explained as Rashi specifically choosing the most apt interpretation that is closest to the literal meaning of the verses and all the questions on the verses that we've discussed and also tells us how to understand the necromancers offering no interpretation as it says in the Pasuk that this interpretation that they gave was completely wrong and unacceptable to Pare and he could not even hear it and hence of course the vast novelty of Yosef's interpretation and Pare's reaction. Accordingly, we can also understand how Rashi's explanation, bringing only part of the Medrash, one explanation tells us that the novelty of Yosef's interpretation wasn't in the fact that he began his interpretation telling Pare, Halim Pare Echadu, that his two dreams were two aspects of one dream, because Rashi only brings one interpretation of the sorcerers, even though the Medrash brings two. So Rashi, unlike the Medrash, which suggests that the sorcerer, suge sorcerer suggested that the dream about the, cor the cows were about daughters born and buried, and the dream about the wheat, about kingdoms conquered and rebelling, two dreams and two interpretations, doesn't, according to Rashi, explain Pshat. Another point in this discussion is that the Abarbanel explains that there was a difference in the approach of the necromancers and Yosef to dreams and the interpretation of dreams in general. The necromancers in Egypt knew the art of dream interpretation and how the power of one's imagination can serve up an image that serves as a message for something else. Therefore, they understood and interpreted the cows and the wheat as an imagery alluding to seven daughters and seven kingdoms. Yosef did not attempt to interpret Pare's dreams only on the basis of the craft of dream interpretation. Yosef understood Pare's dreams with the power of Ruch HaKedosh, divine inspiration, and thus he knew these dreams to be not the workings of Pare's subconscious mind, but a message from above. And thus the Pare's, the cows, represented food and the wheat, produce and crops. This explanation of the Barbanel, however, doesn't take into account that in Torah we don't have dreams recorded that are either or. Torah only records dreams that are a prophecy and a message from Hashem. The dream Yaakov dreamed of a ladder that stood on earth and reached the heavens upon which angels were ascending and descending was about the Malachim who accompanied Yaakov in Eretz Yisrael to Chutzlaretz, where he took leave of the land and the angels of Chutzlaretz outside the land descending to accompany him. So too regarding the dream of the speckled dotted and striped sheep. Furthermore, and closer yet in context to the dream of Pare, the dreams of Yosef, with the bundles of wheat surrounding his bundle of wheat and bowing to it, which his brothers understood as Yosef suggesting that they would bow to him, which indeed was the correct interpretation. And this was indeed connected to wheat, when the brothers of Yosef went down to Egypt during the famine for food, and there discovered Yosef, their brother, viceroy of Egypt, who they indeed bowed to. Certainly, the literal interpretation of Pari's dream, Pari, who was the king of Egypt, so his dreams affected his reign and his kingdom, and his dream was about produce, it was far simpler to interpret his dream as wheat and as relevant to the people and as about produce. 
So why did the necromancers have such a difficult time interpreting these dreams accurately? And why was Parisian so enthralled with Yosef's interpretation? The primary difficulty in Paris' dreams, which caused the sorcerers of Egypt to be blinded to the actual interpretation, was the latter part of the dream, when the emaciated cows came up from the river to stand beside the healthy cows. This threw them. If the latter emaciated seven cows represented a latter seven years of famine that followed the seven years of plenty, what were they doing standing beside the seven robust cows? How could they interpret this as seven years of plenty and then seven years of hunger to follow? And so they suggested seven daughters to be born and seven daughters to be buried, as Pari had many wives and many concubines. Certainly in Egypt, where morality was non-existent, this was a practical possibility. He could bear seven daughters from seven different women and bury seven daughters from seven different wives. And the pain of bringing se- burying seven daughters would, according to the sorcerers, aptly represent the tragedy overwhelming the joy of birthing seven daughters, the seven emaciated cows standing beside the seven robust cows. The latter interpretation brought in Medrash, but not in Rashi, of seven nations conquered and seven nations rebelling wouldn't be a simultaneous event. Indeed, it's for this reason that Rashi, in explaining that ve'en peisereis and lapare, they had no interpretation for pare, brings this interpretation to help us understand that we're looking for an interpretation on pare's dream that can merge the two events, the abundant years and the hungry years. And it's in this detail that Yosef's interpretation, seven years of abundance followed by seven years of hunger, which is immediately followed by what seems to be advice to stockpile food during the seven years of plenty, keeping in mind the pending seven years of hunger that stands out for Pari, Vayitavadavar. And he immediately praises Yosef and says, There is no one as understanding and wise as you. God gave you this insight you will be appointed to this job. Yasef's greatness was evaluated not by the interpretation, which was, indeed, which was indeed clear and simple, but by how the two events could occur simultaneously through the continuation of the interpretation, the advice, the solution for Egypt. Looking into this idea with greater depth, we know that Pari's dream and Yasef's interpretation were the beginning of Golos Mitzrayim, the exile of Egypt, and the eventual redemption from Egypt. Yasef becomes a ruler in the land, and Yaakov and his sons descend to Egypt and dwell there. Thus, the dream in its interpretation reflects exile and redemption. Chassidus explains the words in Tilim in Perak Kufchavav, chapter 126, B'Shuv Hashem when God returns us dwellers of Zion, we will have been like dreamers to understand exile as a dream. Just as two opposing experiences can be brought together in a dream, the experience of exile is like that for a Jew. In exile, a Jew can experience a great love of God in prayer and spend the rest of his day steeped in the worries and concerns of mundane reality and making a livelihood. And so, as in Pare's dream, two opposing things stood side by side. The seven years of plenty stood beside the seven years of famine. Beyond the fact 
that time has a progression. There's a past, present, and the future. There's also the experience of two times being incongruent to one another when the events that transpire are literally diametrically opposed, like years of hunger and years of plenty. And the dream representing the robust cows and emaciated cows standing together represent these two experiences, love of God and physical concerns of livelihood existing simultaneously, the reality of Golos of exile. So the greatness of Yasef's interpretation lies in combining these two events and experiences. Yasef is described in commentaries as a Pesar Chalemus, a dream interpreter. Chassidus explains that the source of Yasef's soul was in the world of Igulim, a spiritual state that is higher than a state of Ischalkos, division and divisibility in the Sephirotic structure. When the circle creates a unification between all structures, there's no beginning and there's no end. In sleep, where one's intellect sleeps and the brain cannot engage in reason and logic and deny impossible combinations, only the power of imagination is awake. An unlimited combination of opposing realities can exist. In the state of exile, divine higher intellect is not illuminated, and thus the divine higher intellect in one's soul is not illuminated. And so one experiences the world and its challenges as reality, even while one can experience love of God. But beyond that, the root of exile is higher than the non-state of exile. And so opposites exist simultaneously, no beginnings and no ends. Yasef thus had the unique capacity to remove the concealment of division and draw the unrevealed into a state of revelation so that it could be seen in a revealed way below. The essence thus of Yasef's interpretation was in his root, in his bringing the two opposing states together, the plenty and the hunger. Yasef's interpretation empowered the possibility of redemption, removing the concealment that is a dreamlike state of exile and revealing the light of Igulim as they are in their source. The fulfillment of the revelation of a true merging of all revelations will be when, as our prophet Yeshayahu prophesizes, as Rashi explains, Hashem will no longer conceal himself from us, when godliness will be revealed without concealing garments. And Hashem will be one on that day. As Hashem manifests, so Hashem will be revealed in this world without division and in complete unity.